0: gentlemen welcome back to the fresh frozen southerner podcast my name is jay i hope all is well i want to start out today i got a comment from a listener and before i get into this there's something that i had never stopped to consider Um, i've gotten a few comments but nothing that i ever wanted to address on the show i don't know if people care if i read the comments or not like i say it's something that i hadn't considered until now because there was no call for it If you leave me a comment and you would like that to be kept private, put something in the email to the effect of, you know, I'd appreciate it if you didn't read this online, or on air, sorry. Uh, But I'm not going to give any personal information. Uh, This gentleman did not say anything as to whether or not he cared. If I read it, I would assume that he's sending a comment to a podcast. He's probably not going to care, but I don't want to step on anybody's toes inadvertently. Uh, So I'm just going to paraphrase what it was that he said. Uh, Basically, it was in response to the last show I did where I was talking about Biden's gun control and executive orders. And the basis of what he was saying is, is that while he does not want to see guns banned in the country, he does not feel like some sensible legislation is an infringement on the right. And I just wanted to go a little bit more into depth on that. Number one, that's always the argument you hear. You know, we're not taking guns away. We're just changing the laws a little bit. On the face of things, that is what's happening. The problem with that argument is they're saying that now. If these get pushed through and they're not ruled in unconstitutional, three months, four months down the road, they're going to try to push some more restrictions and they're going to say the exact same thing you know we're not banning guns we're just changing the laws a little bit and they'll say that the time after that and the time after that and the time after that and they'll just keep chipping away at it until that right is completely gone i don't like using the term slippery slope but that is what this is they're not going to stop their goal is to get rid of guns they won't come out and say that because they're they're going to get a big mob with torches and pitchforks, calling them un-American. But that is the goal. Like I said in the last show, there are effective ways to combat gun violence, and then there are ways that don't combat gun violence but make it harder for law-abiding citizens to own and bear arms. If what you say you want is to reduce gun violence, but everything you do only makes it harder for law abiding citizens to purchase a firearm then you're lying about what your motive is it's so easy to tell what somebody wants just watch what they do it's easy to say stuff anybody can say that that their motivations are whatever in the world they want to say words are cheap watch what they do that will tell you what their goal is but i also want to talk a little bit more about the nature of rights as they pertain to the government. The government does not provide us with rights. Rights are something that I am born with. The government ostensibly is supposed to defend those rights, not try to encroach on them. But a right simply exists. It is not given to me by the government, and it's up to me whether I want to exercise that right or not. The government is not supposed to have any say in that. Most politicians don't look at the rights in the first 10 amendments in that way. In fact, Joe Biden very recently was quoted as saying, not all amendments are absolute. Well, I'm sorry, Joe, but the first 10 amendments are absolute because they very clearly state what the government is not allowed to do. And again, those rights do not come from the government in the first place. If you say that I have the right to bear arms, but we're going to put a lot of restrictions on it and we're going to regulate how and when you can exercise that right, then you have taken it from me because I don't need the government's permission to exercise my rights. They're simply something I have and something that I can enjoy. It is the difference between being a free individual and a subject. I'm sure a lot of people are going to think that is a bit extreme of a statement on my part. I assure you that it is not, because at that point, what the government would be saying to me is, you have this right, and you can enjoy it, subject to our approval, of course. You must have our approval before you exercise your Second Amendment rights. So I hope I clarified that a little bit for this gentleman. Uh, I appreciate the comment. Uh, Thank you for listening. uh, Particularly based on the fact that just from this gentleman's comments, I get the feeling that he's a Democrat. Um, I don't think he is far left simply because the people on the extremes, right and left, they don't listen to anything that will offer an opposing viewpoint. They are looking specifically for echo chambers. And the good news is that's easy to find in America today would use an analogy of you're standing in a hallway and there's a doorway to your right and a doorway to your left, and they both lead to echo chambers. They're just saying things from an opposite perspective. The problem for us in the middle is that we're not getting any information. You can't trust anything that you see on the nightly news. Now, again, I'm not just bashing the left-leaning networks or CNN or MSNBC. It's the exact same with Fox I do not watch Fox. I do not watch CNN. I do not watch MSNBC. The only way you can get some information is if you were to watch all of them and try to blend what they say into what could possibly be the actual events. Unfortunately, the days of Walter Cronkite coming onto your television every evening and simply relaying the events of the day, those are long past And there was a time in this country where the media or the newspapers and the radio back in the day, they kind of felt that they were sort of the fourth branch of government. It was their job to keep an eye on our leaders and hold their feet to the fire and report on what they were doing. And just to give you an example of how politicians used to view journalists An attorney named Roger Brannigan in 1962 was giving a speech. I assume it was a campaign speech. Uh, Mr. Brannigan did go on in later years to become governor in Indiana, but he was describing his personal feelings toward getting into conflict with the newspapers. Mr. Brannigan said, quote, I never argue with a man who buys ink by the barrel. It's an interesting little insight into a time when... Newspapers and media outlets would report on a politician simply based on their actions, whereas now all the reporting is done from the perspective of is he on our team or is he on the opposing team? And I don't know when this started. I'm sure you could find examples all the way back to the founding of the country if you dug a little bit. Uh, The term yellow journalism didn't pop up because the newspaper editors of the time were very diligently doing their job as they saw fit. But even as a very young man, I, I mean, I was in middle school. I was 12 years old, and I noticed that there were two types of stories that the network nightly news would run. There were stories that made the Democrats look good. And there were stories that made the Republicans look bad. And those were the only two types of stories that were ever run on. Now, at the time, and again, this was over 30 years ago that I started picking up on this, it was very subtle. Now, like I said, they would uh, kind of avoid stories that did not go in the direction they wanted them to. You would hear a report on the radio, something a Democrat got into trouble, got caught in a sex scandal, tax evasion, something like that. And I would say, huh, I need to watch the news tonight and see what they had to say. And you'd watch the news and they wouldn't mention it at all. And it's not a situation where they were trying to get the story put together and they would run it a couple of days later. No, you just simply never saw anything about that story. And the wording in the stories that they did run was something else that you had to pay attention to because, again, they were being very subtle at this point. But let's say Reagan or the first George Bush proposed a bill that got voted down by the Democrats in Congress. The reporting on that story would use very nonspecific language as to what that bill would have accomplished. That They would say, you know, the Republicans were hoping that this bill would combat this problem or it was hoped that this would be the outcome. But if a Democrat would propose a bill and Congress would vote it down, suddenly they would use very definitive language when they were discussing this bill would have solved this problem. This bill was going to do away with this issue. It's it's like oh man we we missed out on something so great and now we're just here. Whereas when it was a Republican, again there was a you know it was hoped it was believed, kind of subliminally suggesting that. Yeah, Ronald Reagan thought that this would happen if he passed this bill, but we all know better, don't we? The days of subtlety have been tossed out the window. It is full on, 100%, we are in the bag for one side or the other now, which if you're one of the 30% on either of the extremes, that's great. You can go and be told that everything you believe is 100% perfectly correct and you're just a great American, a great person. I don't see how people can feel good about that. If you're a Republican and you watch Fox News, do you honestly believe that every single thing a Republican politician does, has done, or will ever do was noble and benevolent and correct. Same thing on the other side. If you are in the 30% hardcore Democrat end of the spectrum, do you honestly think that no Democrat politician has ever done one single tiny thing wrong I I don't understand how somebody can be so narcissistic that that can feel like anything except what it is, which is pandering. I don't need to be coddled by the news. Tell me what happened, give me the facts as you understand them, and I will make my own decision about how I feel about that particular event. We have nothing like that in this country right now. We have nothing even close to that in this country. Now, I'm a firm believer in free market capitalism. There is an open spot in the market, and somebody is going to feel that. When that day comes, it'll be fantastic. I don't know how long it will take them to evolve into what Fox and CNN are now. But if you are a media mogul out there and you're looking to get some viewership, like I say, there are 40% of the American people do not strongly identify as Republican or Democrat. CNN gets 30% of those on the left that watch it regularly. Fox gets 30% of the right regularly, his viewers, you could have 40%, plus there would be some stragglers from either end. Your numbers would blow Fox and CNN out of the water. But until that wondrous day gets here, I do want to go over some of the little tricks that I've noticed that news organizations use to push your perception of the story one way or the other, or basically just to make you think something completely untrue without actually coming out and saying a lie, which would make them liable. But the first, and I've already talked a little bit about this, was just simply pretending that a story doesn't exist. If they don't like what a story says about a certain politician or a certain faction, they simply won't run it. And the conceit from a lot of people... Is that, well, CNN didn't mention anything, so obviously that's not a story. Or, you know, Fox didn't run anything about that, so it was probably just a lie. Well, no, that's what they want you to think. And CNN and Fox and all these other networks seem to operate on the assumption that they don't report on the news, they create the news. And therefore, if they don't report on a story, it ceases to exist. That's not at all true, obviously. I hope nobody that's listening to this falls for that kind of line of thinking. But that goes on all the time. I think that whoever broke the Monica Lewinsky-Bill Clinton scandal had to go to like three different reporting agencies before someone would pick up the story. And that's simply most news organizations, very strongly lean left and nobody wanted to touch that story and you would think a journalist student going through college you're telling me that they weren't dreaming of being able to break a story about a sex scandal occurring not just in people involved in the White House, but actually physically taking place in the oval office they should have had a stampede of people trying to get their hands on that information and instead it was treated like you know that's you know, that's a three-day-old donut. I'm not touching that. Another thing you got to watch out for is they very carefully word their stories. They're wanting to give you an impression that this happened when actually something totally different happened, but they don't want to actually lie about what is going on. One of the things that they will do is they'll mention two things together in the same sentence, and then they'll just plow right on with the story. Now, when you mention something in conjunction with another, in a sentence, the automatic assumption in most people's heads is that those two things are related. Well, they didn't actually say they were related, did they? They wanted you to connect them in your brain without being You know, nobody can come up later and say, Hey, you know, you said these two things were related, and it turns out they weren't. Well, they're just going to say, We never said they were related. I've got the transcript right here. I never said that those two things had anything to do with each other whatsoever. Another trick that they use to get you to draw connections to things that aren't there is the phrase, and that's not the only issues related to this topic. The way you'll see news reporters use this is let's say they're talking about city water in a town and the reporter will say something along the lines several citizens have been hospitalized with heavy metal poisoning due to the municipal water supply and those aren't the only issues that have come up because of the tainted water and then they'll start talking about something else like uh, the rise of prostate cancer or something They're trying to get you to draw the conclusion that the prostate cancer and the heavy metal poisoning are both one and the same issue, but if you pay attention to what they said, they simply said you've got heavy metal poisoning and other issues, and then they started talking about something else. Those two issues are not actually related, but they worded the story in such a way that you believe that they are. Again, They did not actually make that claim. They're sort of tricking your brain into following that logic without actually being liable. All right, this next one is a big one, especially now with all the online news and the people putting out blogs and vlogs and podcasts. It's the uncredited reports. Now, you'll see a lot of news organizations use other news organizations as sources in their story. Now, a lot of times, if it's from the New York Post, they'll they'll say that up front. Because obviously, if the quote came from a well-respected, well-known newspaper or news show, obviously, they want to get that credit attached to their story as well. But something that you're seeing a tremendous amount now is they won't tell you the source That they're getting the quote from. They'll simply say, It was reported today that such and such. And a lot of times they'll show a little infograph that has the quote and it looks like it's torn out of a newspaper, but all you'll see is the quote. They won't show you the name of the newspaper that they supposedly pulled this story from. When you see that, that means that they do not want you to know where they got that quote which also means that it invariably came from just some guy that put a report out on the internet. Now, they're not saying that this quote is true or factual or accurate. All they're saying is, is that it was reported. Again, that saves them from being liable. They're not saying it's true. They're just saying it's reported. And let me show you how easily that that can be abused. A report from several eyewitnesses today stated that Nancy Pelosi violently attacked an orphan child and was seen beating him about the head and neck with a large burlap sack. It was later discovered that the burlap sack was filled with newborn puppies and kittens. All right, now I just made that up. It's obviously a lie, it's obviously ridiculous. But if Fox News wanted to run that as a story, they could pick up that soundbite and all they would have to say is, we found this report today on Nancy Pelosi. Obviously, something that extreme wouldn't be used. But all they've got to do is find some nut job that quote unquote reported whatever that they're hoping to say, and they can just go with it. All they have to do was it was reported and it covers their ass and they don't have any liability issues to worry about. And the last one I want to point out, I can't believe that I've never heard anyone talking about this. Maybe, maybe I just haven't come across it, but I can kind of understand why this doesn't get pointed out very often because whether you're watching a news broadcast or a sitcom or a drama, this is such an ingrained part of those broadcasts that, your brain just doesn't really register that it's going on. And that is switching from camera to camera. You know, let's just take a news broadcast, for example. You've got the anchor and a guest. They're sitting side by side. And it starts out a camera shot where you can just see both men sitting there. And then when the guest starts speaking, it cuts to where you're looking over the anchor's shoulder. And then when the anchor responds and asks a question, you switch to another camera. So you've got a face on of the anchor. And then maybe it'll cut to a far away shot where you can see the entire stage that they're sitting on. Sitcoms are the same way. You see camera shifts all the time. It's just part of any program we watch and you don't really pay attention to it anymore. Every once in a while, you will see a news program that is showing hidden camera footage where somebody's got a small camera on their body And they're walking into a business and talking to someone or they've tracked down a accused pedophile and they're interviewing him. I see this all the time in this footage, and I have never heard anybody else mention anything about it. But when you're watching hidden camera video and the person with the camera is standing on the individual's right and then mid-sentence, suddenly they're standing on the left. And then a couple of sentences later, they're standing on the right again that video is being edited so that the person being interviewed is saying what the news organization wants to come out of his mouth. The only other explanation would be that the person with the camera can teleport several feet instantaneously, and they do it back and forth, and for some reason, the person standing there watching this did not feel like it needed to be commented upon. I don't know about you, but if I was having a conversation with someone and they kept phasing back and forth, three or four feet to either side of me, I would have questions. Uh, Number one of which is, what the hell is going on? What are you doing? But you never see that in the hidden camera footage. The person that's, they're just always totally nonplussed. So unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, it is up to us to really examine the news reporting that gets handed to us every day. It goes back to my favorite quote from a college professor, do you think about what you're thinking about? And it's up to us to really investigate these stories as much as you can. You know, the internet was supposed to bring the sum total of human knowledge to our fingertips, and it has just made us dumber than ever. They were at least more obstinate. That's been my, my experience. But if you somehow see the news today and you don't, See what I'm talking about, or you think I'm just some conspiracy nut job? I want to leave you with one little story. The left went nuts when the audio came out where Trump said that he was so popular that he could grab a woman by the pussy if he wanted to. The progressive left was simply beside itself. That was just the epitome of no class, low brow, bully boy Trump at his finest. They could not believe that he was elected having said that. How many of you people out there know that Joe Biden was Me too This obviously didn't get a lot of play on CNN during the campaign, but there is a young lady named Tara Reid, not the actress. This woman worked at the Senate. I don't know if she was an aide or what she did. But 27 years ago, she says that Joe Biden cornered her in an out-of-the-way hallway in the Senate, put his hands down her pants, actually into her clothing, into her panties, and grabbed her by the pussy. Now, I was under the impression that if a woman makes an accusation like this, the rules of the woke culture is that the woman is to be believed 100% and the accusation should be investigated in a very serious and aggressive manner. Apparently, that only applies if you're not accusing a high-level Democrat, because that was treated as very hands-off. In fact, one quote I read, and I don't remember who said it, but somebody said that they had known Joe Biden for decades, and he was simply not that kind of person, and that was treated as, oh, well, that's the end of that. We can all go about our business. Now, I don't know if this young lady is telling the truth or if she's making this up. But I do really appreciate the irony that people that were just absolutely incensed that Trump said he could grab a woman by the pussy turned around and voted for a man who physically grabbed a woman by the pussy. Ah, the world we live in today. All right, guys, that's about all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you do, send me a comment at Southerner at gmail.com. And again, if you would like for me not to read a comment on air, uh, just put something to that effect in the email. Uh, Just a short, hey, keep this between me and you is all it would take. All right, guys, I appreciate you sitting with me again today. I hope you have a good rest of the week and I will be talking to you again on Friday. Everybody have a good night and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.